everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is July the 6th, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. We're going to talk about that. Deferral of gratification, conviction, avoid mediocrity. Fitting in is overrated. All right, dudes, I want everyone to go to techbalt.com. Check out This Week in Bitcoin from this Friday. We had a wild, wacky show. I know so many of you are on vacation. Come back. Watch the darn show. Ron Galt was on. Phil Geiger. Uh, yeah, Geiger. That's how you pronounce his last name. He's on. He's in motion. Chris Black was on. He was very controversial. Check it out. It was on Friday. Follow me on Twitter at TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Everything I talk about in his video is linked below. This is a, another new shirt from lightninghood.com. They are linked to below also. And if you're watching this live, type in Bitcoin Meister in the chat. I will see your question and I will answer your question, especially if it pertains to beyond Bitcoin type of subjects, because today is the Beyond Bitcoin show. We talk about subjects that go way beyond Bitcoin. I'll try to uh, tie Bitcoin into all of this. Okay. You guys all know what this is all about. Uh, your regulars, at least. So... The great economic invincibility, he has a video out. Well, he's, he's pretty good. I don't agree with him all the time. He's got a video out there. And wait, before I talk about him, I want to talk about another uh, content creator. I can't say the guy's name. M-G-T-O-W Money is his name. Yeah, he is pretty awesome. But in this video, he gets one thing right and one thing wrong. He points out that one out of three people you meet will hate you. And yeah, there's a lot of envy in this world. There is a lot of jealousy in this world. And there's just, uh, just a lot of bitter people in this world. Some people hate every single person they meet. Thus, <laughs> when you meet them, they will hate you. And a lot of people get down when they encounter people who hate them. They think less of themselves because someone is hating on them. Someone is envious of them. Someone is ripping on them. But the positive that you can take away from this is that you build up your strength, your inner strength. And you don't give a darn about the haters. That is, you realize, yeah, a lot of people are going to hate me. So what? You keep moving on, moving on, moving on. You let people leave all sorts of nasty comments in your comment section like you do. You let it roll off of you. The trolls, you let it roll off of you. The real life trolls, the people who want to bring you down, you let you do not let those people take control of them. You don't give, I'm not going to say the term that he used. You don't give a darn about them uh, is what he said to do. Now, and I think that is, I wanted to mention that first because it's just a huge takeaway in life. If you, there's so many people out there just want to bring you down. And if you can just ignore them all and be a big boy, because this is where the big boys play, you will be oh, very successful. All right. Or you will be able to be in incredible motion. But, you know, something else that he says in, in this same video is um, he says that uh, you should buy silver because there's no buying, <laughs> there's no downside in buying silver. And uh, he, he does mention cryptocurrency in this video, but he, you can't always be right, dude. So he's got great advice. <laughs> he's got great advice at first, and then he's got some, uh, the silver thing, disagree with totally. But you just don't ignore a person because they say something that you don't agree with. 
You don't just say, oh my God, I'm not going to listen to a word of what this guy says. I'm turning off your, I'm turning off the show right now. People did that with my This Week in Bitcoin show, by the way. They're like, why is this altcoin guy on? I'm turning it off. Well, then you would have missed all the other stuff that Phil brought up, that Juan got, got brought up. So again, the, this, uh, the man who made this video, he talks about silver. I could have said, I'm not listening to a word he's talking about. But then he brings up a great point about how you got to ignore the haters. All right. Pound that like button, you July 6th freaks here, midnight on the East Coast. We are approaching, I guess it won't be uh, July 6th anymore, here in beautiful Baltimore. How Now, this is from Economic Invincibility, this video that I just almost uh, totally skipped as I'm moving so fast here. Uh, it, it's a great – he mentioned Vention in this video. He mentions the great Vention. He talks about MGTOWs again. And the basic point that he that I get out of this, are you able to have self-respect? Don't worry about fitting in and don't worry about what other people have to say about you. I mean, do you like yourself? Do you, or do you feel comfortable with yourself? Are you able to have self-respect? But there's a lot of people that, um, you know, they say, well, I'm going my own way. I'm going on my way. I, uh, I'm going to do it this way. I don't have to get married. And then they, they, their friends say, well, why aren't you getting married? Or why aren't you dating her? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And then they just, they feel bad about themselves. They have no respect for themselves. They, they give in to the peer pressure and then they do something they don't want to do. So that's really going your own way. Do you have self-respect? If you have self-respect, you can go your own way. You don't care about fitting in. You, you don't have to own the big house. You can just do whatever you want to do. Do you, are you able to have self-respect? It all boils down to that. Watch that video I think you'll catch my drift and you'll catch economic invincibility's drift. He also have a, he has a video called how anonymity, I cannot pronounce that word, anonymity, anonymity breeds delusion on the web. He's absolutely right about this. Uh, people think they're anonymous on the web and, and, you know, because they don't put up their picture. Like me, obviously, I know I'm not anonymous. I, I don't, no need for me to be in that. I'm proud of who I am. I have self-respect. I'm able to take the, the, the heat. I'm able to take the hits. I let the trolls post what they what they want. And, you know, say what you're going to say. Be a big boy. Be in motion. You can complain. That's great. Um, but some of these dudes, they, they get this inflated ego. And they think they can say anything. They think they can do anything because no one knows who they are. And they just say the most outlandish, you know, challenge people for fights. They think there's going to be a revolution. And then they start believing these things because they're anonymous because they're spouting up all this nonsense. They start believing their own thing and they think it's easy as one, two, three. Yeah, the whole world's going to fall apart. There's going to be this revolution. I'm going to join the revolution. I'm going to get back at all those people who brought me down. It's delusional. So he, he, <laughs> uh, it, it being anonymous at times can lead to delusions. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't think it's to a certain point. I mean, if you're, if you're just anonymous and you're, you're, and you're trying to learn, that is great. If you're anonymous and you're trying to be the, the big internet tough guy, I mean, you're going down a path of uh, not being in motion. I, I will tell you that. And you're going to be delusional moving on strong handers. Uh, Watch the video though; it's good. He's got some good ones out there. Politico. Okay, there's two Kamala Harris stories again. We talk a little bit of politics here. Um, don't waste your time on politics. I don't waste my time on politics. I just, you know, heard about these stories, and it it it, it goes into something that I used to deal with a lot, uh, which is real estate, and uh, 
and real estate in African-American communities, actually. I, I, I know quite a bit about that because I owned real estate. I lived in an African, in Reservoir Hill, a 90% or 95% black neighborhood I lived in. Uh, I owned a house there. And uh, this story is of Kamala Harris. Uh, what's it say? Uh, well, here, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll give you some quotes. Black voters are critical, are critical constituency in the Democratic primary, especially in the South. Kamala Harris proposes a $100 billion plan for black home ownership. Uh, Democrats are concerned about income and racial inequality in the United States and have long uh, intended to the lasting effects of redlining, uh, have long pointed, excuse me, to the lasting effects of redlining. Okay, so there we go again. Income inequality, that is a, a word out there. You shouldn't be jealous of other people's incomes. Um, you should try to fix your own incomes. But the Democrats want to... They feel or, or the politicians in general want to pay off certain constituencies. So they're going to promise them certain things that they, they think the constituency will think are good. And, and let me read you a, a quote from the Fox story about this, because this elaborates on what this is really all about. Again, a hundred billion dollar plan for black homership tackling racial wealth gap. According to Harris's campaign, she would help four million home buyers through down payment and closing cost assistance, granting up to $25,000 from the Department of Housing and Urban Development. So what she's going to do is for black people who cannot afford a house, she's going to give them $25,000. She's going to print the money or tax people even more, whatever. It, it, you know, it, It's all about the welfare dollar and people respect the welfare dollar and that, that's their business. But um, $25,000 she's going to give the, to, to homeowners so they can, they can make it, so they can qualify. Now, what does that really mean? That means they're going to get a mortgage on a house. She says that increases their wealth because they will now have a mortgage on a house. This does not increase their wealth at all. This gets them into debt, but it's so ingrained in the, the nation's psyche, in, in their brain, like owning a house means wealth. Owning a house means success. Owning a house means we're getting rid of wealth inequality. No, it doesn't mean that. It isn't for some people who can manage it, it's, it, it helps, okay? You pay it off as fast as possible. You own this asset that goes up in value. But what she's talking about here is giving people a little bit more money so they can qualify for a loan or they didn't even have enough money for a down payment. So now they have a down payment. They're going to supposedly own a house and then what happens? They default. This is a this is a bank bailout, basically. This helps the banks, this plan. This does not help black people. If it was for white people, it wouldn't help them either. It doesn't help anybody by, by helping them get a mortgage on a house they cannot afford. This is ridiculous. This is totally ridiculous, but it has those feel-good words that everyone, you're going to be a homeowner. This is going to get rid of wealth inequality. Don't worry about other people's wealth. You know, you try to save, save. Saving makes you wealthy. Saving builds wealth, okay? Not, not someone giving you money so you can get into debt. That is what this plan is. That taxpayers, the money print, the money printing is gonna get this hundred billion dollars. Unbelievably expensive. But I mean, again, on that side, you know, I, I, Trump might propose something like this too. Again, politicians just want to buy. This is how you buy votes. This is what it has turned into. And uh, in our space, we should be. You know, understand this perfectly. How ridiculous this is! How that, that is not wealth at all. Um, you know what? 
This, this is what you do. You save some money, you buy some Bitcoin, your wealth is in Bitcoin. And, and God forbid, if you need to sell the Bitcoin, then you sell the Bitcoin, you're back in fiat again, and you can do whatever you want to do. You can't just with, with that, with the house, you get a little, you save some money for that, that down payment. Then the government gives you more money for that down payment. Then you pay it off. Then the next month you pay your first mortgage payment, and then you have nothing to pay the next mortgage payment. You just, you can't sell the house at that point. You don't own the house at that point. The bank's going to own the house at that point. It's not, it's not a liquid asset at all at that point. It's not your, it becomes the banks again. So you're that much, you're that much poorer afterwards. This is again, filled with gimmicks and this gimmick in the long run, in the long run, this is a great thing for banks and, and housing and, and housing producers and people selling their houses. This, this is great for them because there's all these unqualified uh, sellers that will, uh, buyers, excuse me, that will be competing. Uh, there'll be more and more buyers competing for less, uh, for, for a, you know, a set amount of houses out there. So again, this is, it, it, you, you think, and I hope black people don't, um, you know, in, in an old video of mine, I said, you know, that they, they say that uh, big people try to rip on Bitcoin because they say it's for white people, for, for rich white men. And I said, black people, if you're watching this, when they say something like that, you buy that asset. You you get that. You get into Bitcoin. I hope some people. I hope some black people listen to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna share that video one of these days um, soon because I've been doing those clips on Twitter. T e c h b a l t. You can see some short clips I've been doing. But uh, yeah, you, you, you're better off uh, buying some Bitcoin. That's that's gonna increase your wealth there. How about that? All right, moving on. We're gonna do a little bit more, a little politics here. Howard Schultz, who. Uh, was going to run as an independent and they hurt his back and might run as an independent now. And Democrats were worried because he's kind of liberal on social issues and on economic issues, he's conservative. And uh, if Kamala Harris does get the uh, Democrat nomination or Elizabeth Warren, and I assume it is going to be one of them at this point, um, many things could change. He should run. He should definitely, I think he will run, even if his back is totally messed up. Because there are a lot of people out there who don't want these radical uh, economic policies, who, who, who don't believe that at all, and who might believe in some of their social justice type of propaganda. And he's into that social, you know, he's into healing the nation, blah, 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 blah. Um, and you say what you want about that kind of stuff. But he is a guy who is a billionaire, who's proud that he's a billionaire. And he says in, in this article I linked to below, uh, I'm a billionaire. I thought that was the American dream. And, and some people still believe in that. Some people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, they, they still believe in that hard work, uh, you know, gaining your wealth through hard work, not through uh, special treatment, not through government uh, bailouts, government grants, government $100 billion plans. He, uh, you know, some people, uh, people will be very much turned, not all Democrats are going to be on board with uh, Kamala Harris and uh, if, they, if they're still talking this talk. Uh, there, there are people in Midwest states who are like, won't be like, what a hundred billion dollars for black people to buy houses. What, what's this about? And, you know, that that's the least of some of these radical policies that, that are, that are, that are being, uh, so that they, they will be prone to support a guy like, and, and he will have a chance to win actually, because there'll be some Republicans will be like, Oh, wait a second. You know, maybe I'm tired of the, uh, and there's a lot of independence in the country too. So that that's something to keep an eye on this Howard Schultz thing, especially um, with these Democrats saying some really radical economic policies, I mean, they all raised their hands when they said they would give uh, they would give health insurance to illegal aliens. I mean, that's, that costs a lot of money. <laughs> hey, whatever they can keep on printing that dollar, and we in the Bitcoin world will just laugh at it. 
uh, inflation will continue and people are happy with it. Uh, and we we will it will just help our Bitcoin holdings. So pound that like button. Remember, if you got questions, type in Bitcoin Meister. All right. Oh, Frank. Oh, God. Frank is listening. He heard me say about real estate. I know he's got something to say here. Frank Castandini in San Francisco said, Bitcoin Meister, famous quote, 90% uh, of all millionaires become so through owning real estate. More money has been made in real estate than all industrial uh, investments combined. Yeah, you can make, a, I mean, you can make a lot in real estate, but I mean, you've got to be qualified to buy that real estate. You can't, I mean, you, you can't default after your, your second payment or after your first payment. I mean, I, I think you're seeing what I'm talking about here. I, and, and because of that statement, because people have become so wealthy through real estate in the past, that is why they can, Kamala Harris can get away with a policy. Everyone believes it, you know, because Ted Turner, you know, owns uh, millions of acres or whatever he owns that, you know, if, uh, if a black horse person owns a inner city house, they're going to be as wealthy as Ted Turner's. And that's, it's just not like that. It, it's not that simple. Uh, the guys, the guys who got wealthy through real estate didn't, uh, they, they, <laughs> they, they weren't getting uh, government grants at the very beginning and they weren't, they could afford something. They had to say, I mean, there, there might be able to be some people who played flipping games and whatever, but your quote, again, 90% of all millionaires become so through own, owning real estate. Um, they, they weren't, uh, they weren't big, uh, debt, debt, uh, debt fans. Okay. They, uh, and if they were dealing with debt, it was on a very high level. They had assets already, uh, at times, you know, you slowly build up your asset collection, uh, and, and then you, you take it to the next level with real estate. Again, real, real estate isn't, I'm not saying real estate is a bad thing either. Um, I think Bitcoin is better than real estate is what I'm saying. One thing, but it, but going back to the, what the subject matter was, uh, giving people some mo government money so they can barely afford real estate is not a way, is not a good way to get people into real estate. And it is not a way to increase people's wealth because they're going to default. All right. And he says a wise young man or age age the wage earner of today invests his money in real estate. Andrew Carnegie said that, and that was a long time ago. And uh, there was no Bitcoin then. I would say a wage earner of today should uh, uh, invest in real estate. He and again Frank Castandini, who is from San Francisco, who who was very familiar with Kamala. He says Kamala is nuts, but real estate is still one of the best ways. Of course, Bitcoin is the new way. Okay, I I, I think. I think that is fair um, assessment of it, um, but you can get into Bitcoin a lot cheaper than you can get into, into real estate too. Um, and anyone can get into Bitcoin. I mean, you know, if you're in Sub-Saharan Africa, you're not going to be able to buy, buy uh, Bitcoin. I mean, you're going to be able to buy Bitcoin if you get on the computer. You're not going to be able to buy real estate. Uh, and it, it's uh, and the other thing that I said before with the uh, with the Bitcoin, it's liquid. If you need to get back in the cash, you could get in real real fast with real estate. You, you cannot do that. Uh, if you're mortgaged out, if, if you have a mortgage on it still, and it's, it's not too easy to, you just can't sell the house either in, in two seconds. Well, in some, in some markets you can, I guess in your market, you can in San Francisco. All right, moving on too much real estate here, but I wanted to answer Frank. He's a good guy. Moving on, moving on. We're talking about debt. Let's talk about debt. Uh, again, the, the, uh, economic invincibility has this hilarious video about all these young people who are very proud about uh, go going into debt for their weddings. There are now loans that are specifically targeting young people, like 7% loans on uh, weddings, just to, to, just to pay for your wedding. 
Um, and again, the debt dollar is worshipped. It's it's not going away. People want to get spend on wild stuff, and it, you need to take out a seven percent loan on your wedding, and then you complain that you don't have health insurance, or you you want the government to pay for your health insurance. And this is the world we're in today, and uh, the video is hilarious. The, and it's so many of these dudes, they pay for the wedding and then they get divorced. And he talks about wedding rings also. And again, I got to point to my buddy in South Africa who, uh, instead of buying his woman a uh, wedding ring, he he bought her Bitcoin. And that was early on. So that was a really good uh, good way of going about things. So some of you have been watching my shows lately uh, before July. From the time I left uh, California on July, I had a 90-hour fast. It ended up being 90 hours. So you watched my July 4th interview of Andy Hoffman. Controversial. Pound that like button. Uh, and uh, link to below, of course. And you can see I'm totally fine. I'm totally like this, except I'm wearing a different one of these Bitcoin shirts. Again, um, this dude is linked to below. This the the, the shirt uh, guy I mentioned him before. I just forgot his name. It's linked to below. Uh, but uh, yeah, 90 hour fast went real well. I ran during it uh, twice. I ran like what, how many times? At least four miles. Yeah, yeah, because I I ran on Sunday before. Yeah, yeah. So I ran on. Uh, Tuesday after I got off the airplane and, uh, no, I ran on, what days did I run on? I can't remember what days. What days did I get off the airplane? Yeah. Tuesday I ran. And then, uh, Wednesday I ran. Yeah. Those are, those are the two days I ran. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so I was pretty well fasted those days and then it, it lasted until, uh, 4th of July. And I had to do that Andy Hoffman show suddenly. And yeah, I felt great. Uh, I even, I, I even defecated, uh, 80 hours into it. So there was still stuff left in. I don't know. I don't know what was getting out of me at that point. Um, so I mean, people do ask about that. I know that sounds gross, but people have to have questions about that. And uh, yeah, I feel. I mean, I feel normal again. And the reason you want to do a seventy-two hour fast once or twice a year is some people say that it can restart your immune system. So I ended up doing ninety. And again, I started it. I, this is very important too. I took a flight from Los Angeles to Bal from Bur for Burbank to Baltimore, but it stopped in Phoenix and it stopped in Charlotte. And so, you, why would you eat on a plane? I never eat in a plane, um, so I didn't. I again, I did not eat the day that I left. The last time I ate was Sunday night, and then the next time I ate was you know my, was a Thursday afternoon, Fourth of July. So it ended up being ninety hours. But you don't. This is how you can start fasting, people. If if you're like, no, I could never do a twenty four hour fast. Would you ever do a cross country flight with the two layovers? Do you ever do a, a international flight with a layover? Don't eat at all that day. Don't eat at all. Make it to that's how you start. Um, I was talking to uh, who was I talking to the other day that was uh, that was bringing that up. I, I, I'll think about that uh, in a second. Um, what's what? what <laughs> anyway, anyway, mo mo moving on real quick here. Uh, so yeah, there's your. I don't know if anybody has any questions about uh, fasting, but I, I can answer them uh, right now. But again, those of you who are not familiar, I fast 22 hours a day anyway. I do intermittent fasting. I fast 22 hours every single day. And that means every, and again, when I do a 90 hour fast, that means all I had was water. Yes. All I had was water. Yes. All I, seriously, that's all people are like, well, didn't you take any stuff? No water. It was water. I had water. I had water. Again, just to make that clear, I only had water the entire time. That's how you do a real fast. You only have water. That's all you need. I, I don't understand the other stuff. What was in the water? Water was in the water. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, Scott Adams. Oh God. Scott Adams video out there. God, I feel, what, what am I skipping here? I feel like I totally skipped something. Um, Scott Adams had a, I, I linked to his channel below 
And oh no, I didn't. There's a good story I want to tell about my dad later and the, the MVA. So please, people, stay tuned. Don't don't. I know so, this show is long, but some people we're going to get to really good story time. That's uh, all right. So uh, Scott Adams had a video about Antifa where he was saying, "Well, it's it's just like in the martial arts fight, mixed martial arts," and uh, and you know he, he was playing down Antifa. He sounded real bad. He got so many downvotes. I've never seen something like this in my life. Uh, and what he did in the next, he erased the video. And again, you can see number 585 is missing. And I think Scott's got some good points. I, 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 you can learn from stuff from him, but this is, this was his lowest here, man. This, this is pretty bad. Um, because he talks about persuasion and he also complains about how YouTube censor, how social media censors people. He doesn't like that. He doesn't complain in the same way certain people do, but so he self-censored himself. He, he got, he, he erased the video where he was said Antifa wasn't that bad. And uh, he doesn't like manipulation by YouTube, you know, that they manipulate the algorithm, but he is manipulating, <laughs> he's manipulating things in his own way by erasing his video. And I have always said to people, I erase nothing. You gotta stand by what you believe, what you said. If it ends up being wrong, then leave it up there, take it like a man. You, you know, again, one out of three people are gonna hate you. You gotta be able to take criticism. and. You learn from that. You're like, you know what? I made a mistake. I can apologize for that. What he did was he erased it. He said he, you know, he sort of said he was wrong about certain things. And then he starts saying that people who were saying bad things on that video are idiots. But he erased what the people were saying about him. So that's low, man. That's low. You're calling people idiots, but you erased what they said. You erased all their comments. You're saying they're stupid if they didn't get what he said. We can't even see what you said anymore, dude. You erased it. So um, I mean, there, there has some self-respect, dude. Um, you, you said it, own it, own it, dude, own it. And that's what I do. I, I'm not right all the darn time. I've said plenty of wrong things and I don't erase my videos and you just have to wonder about people. I mean, that erase their videos. I don't, I, if they're trying to, to trick you or maybe they're not as confident as they really are. Again, he's about persuading people. Is that a persuasive thing to do? You, you, you take down your video. People are supposed to be then like take your advice on how to persuade people. Yeah, just you say something wrong, run away from it and hide. <laughs> that, that doesn't seem persuasive at all. And then insult the people who who were critiquing the video. And then you can you they no one can see what the people were insulting you about anymore or what their insults even were that they were stupid supposedly. Yeah, but but on on another and here Frank again says, oh I did a three day fast last week. Doing another three day start tomorrow. How much time do you put between the longer fast you do? Oh well. That's a great question. It varies, you know. I'm going to go on a plane to Israel on Wednesday. So that'll end up being 48 hours or something like that. So, I mean, and then there was that one in Israel for like five weeks in a row or six weeks in a row. I was doing a 48-hour one every every weekend. Um, so and, and so is that a long fast? So between 48-hour ones, I can do them really close together. I can do them five days apart. I can do them seven days apart. Yeah, you know, then the next level, I guess, is 72 hours. How long? Th those ones usually are, uh, yeah, you know, try over five months apart. Or I mean, sometimes they're a little closer, four months apart, six months apart. I try to do two a year. And then, you know, my, my record is 120 hours. So over, once you get to the 72 hour, yeah, okay, that's a good thing. But 72 hours is what they say might restart your uh, immune system. Those ones. Uh, I have to put a, you know, I haven't been known to do them very often. Those are, I, I can look at, you know, 
uh, I think the closest I've ever done is three months apart, but you know, I, I guess I aim to do them five or six months apart. The 48 hours ones though, I can do once a week. <laughs> I get, I, I did it like six weeks in a row or more. I forgot what it was now. And then there was one, again, one week in Israel was like, there were two in a week. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, and here's the, another, something that Scott Adams said that was smart in another video. He says, socialism is centralized, is a centralized government monopoly. And what happens there is you get one bad leader and it's horrible. <laughs> the whole, you know, you, the, the socialism is supposed to redistribute everything and tax people a certain way to give to the others. And if you, if, if the setup is bad, you're stuck in it because it's centralized around one entity, one government entity. And it's horrible. You, you can't leave it. But with true capitalism, it is decentralized. And there's all sorts of there's all sorts of people competing, all sorts of different businesses doing things different ways, and the cream will rise to the, the, the up to the top. The cream of the crop rises to the top uh, in, in capitalism, and the, the best ideas will rise to the top. And but again, there will be scams out there too. People will get hurt in capitalism. People will get hurt, but you won't be stuck with since it's decentralized, since there's so many different ways out there, so many different businesses, so <laughs> so much freedom, you you there you won't get stuck in the socialized, uh, centralized uh, type of system there. The the government monopoly that we were just anyway. You watch. Uh, I didn't link to that video actually. So MVA story. I went to the MVA in the Maryland uh, MVA Motor Vehicle administration uh, in maryland and i guess in all the states we have to have the real id now and if if the government if your state doesn't have all these your social security card all these things they made me bring in to prove that <laughs> i live in maryland i am adam meister that is my social security number a bunch of other stuff all these weird documents just, uh, correspondences from the government all oh, that have the address that you're supposedly live at and all this and again, it's, I think it's because the passport should be good enough, but they, they want licenses to be, to prove you're really a citizen, I guess. I don't know. They've given too many licenses to illegals. I don't know what it is. It's complete. It's your license should be all they really need in the first place. Okay. Uh, but, but, but besides the point, I thought it was going to be a real pain. I didn't even think I was going to do it, but I did it because they, they, they extended it to July the third, and I was in. I was back in town, so I brought it all in. I was, but and I made an appointment at the MBA, and that was that was key. And it, I want to give them credit. I don't agree in the MBA. I don't agree in the government controlling all this nonsense. And there's a lot of bad workers there, but it went real smoothly because I had an appointment. It really did, and it was the last po possible day to do it. It was hot outside, and I give them credit. I'll give credit where credit is due. Um. And so much of it is computerized now. This is the Reicherstown Road branch, the city branch that used to be at Mondalmin. And I'm bringing this up for a purpose because the Mondalmin one was legendary in how horrible it was. And I'm going to tell you a story about it. And uh, But anyway, it's it's reincarnation on Reicherstown Road um, near Northern Parkway, right where my, my mom grew up on Gist Avenue right around there, uh, is – it's run efficiently because a lot of it is computerized. They have it set up a certain way. And if you make an appointment, it's good. And they got a woman with an iPad wa walking around. And sometimes they mumble things that you don't know what the heck they're saying. But it again, it worked out for me and it seemed like things were moving along. So 
the point is my father used to tell me uh, when I was younger, uh, I guess around the time I got my, my driver's license and afterwards, he would have to go to the, for some reason he had to go to the MVA at Mondalmin, which was legendarily horrible. And he said it was such a sight. The women would just go on lunch break right away. They closed it. It was like on the Simpsons when they closed the, the right away. When you get to the front line, they close it on you and they go for the lunch break. This was literally happening at the Mondalmin. And there were men in line that were about to like break, that were about to go crazy. And my dad was in line for know, long periods of time. And there were men of all races were getting angry. It wasn't just, you know, and I don't, we're not, I don't want a white and black thing here. Everybody was getting pissed off at these ladies, okay? So my, my father, he told me the story and he, he said, Adam, this is the, le the lesson is 70% of the time you go to the Mondalman MBA, you feel like you want to kill someone by the time you're, you're out of there. So I took his words of wisdom and I made it a point to never go to the Mondalman MBA ever. So I told my friends, I told my friends later in life, I said, you know, my dad told me, you know, did you know, never go to the Mondalman MBA 70% of the time you want to kill someone. And they're like, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I've been to the, the Mondalman MBA and 70% of the time I've been there, I want to kill someone. And, and again, these were white friends of mine, black friends, of mine, all agreed, all agreed, I, but, but they were all male friends of mine. I just wanted to point that out. All male friends of mine, they were like, you know. And then one of my friends, my, my, he's a black friend of mine, he agreed with me. He said, you know, you, you want to kill someone 70% of the time that you go to Mondom and MBA. But he, he said, yo, Adam, you got to go through it. You got to see it once. I said, no, I will never do it. I will never, ever. He's, he's like, it's an initiation. I never did it. I, I, wasn't, I, could, I know I couldn't take it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you know, you're going to feel like you want to kill someone at the end of it. Why, why are you going to put it? He thought it would be hilarious. No, I didn't never, I never went. And then it moved. But I did it once I asked a woman, a woman that I knew, an overweight woman about what, what she thought about the Mondalman MBA. And she thought it was fine. All right. So, um, moving on. Another, <laughs> I, my mother was telling me a, a story Well, my, my father, uh, gave to all these charities. We didn't know about these charities that he gave to. And so now they're calling and sending letters, you know, asking for money because he, he's given them money in the past. And one of them was a Native American uh, political, uh, Native American, not political, Native American uh, uh, charity. It was a Native American charity. And I was like, oh my God, my dad gave to a Native American charity? And my mom and I kind of smiled because my dad grew up in a time in the 50s, um, where they had those TV shows on. He loved those TV shows that now people look back on and say, oh, that was so racist. The portrayal of, of the Ameri of the Native American was hard. And again, I respect the Native American. They, they went through a lot. They were brave. They were good warriors and everything. And it's, it's, a, it's a shame that they um, they don't have a tolerance for um, alcohol. It's very, it's very sad. It's very sad, uh, some of the things that, that have happened. But um, my dad loved that stuff. He, he loved – he even had some – he bought some DVD of all, all these – the shows, there's cowboy and Indian shows. He loved kids love that stuff. And now people say all oh, that stuff is so horrible. It painted them in such a, a bad way. I mean, that, that inspired my father that, and that's what we found out today that, you know, he, he loved that stuff so much that he, he gave charity. He's not a native American at all. He gave them charity and stuff. So, I mean, there's, you can look, there was a time, it was, it was different times back then. So when people try to go back and say, well, why did you like that type of stuff? You were evil. You were, you were terrible. It, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't all bad. It, you know, it, that, that's the way things were portrayed then cowboys and Indians on TV. Uh, but it, 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 it brought some good into this world. It, it really did. It, re it really did. And yeah, you know, my, my dad, I, I put for this, uh, the thumbnail is a picture of my dad as like a five-year-old dressed up as an Indian, dressed up as an Indian.
um, you know, in a little makeshift uh, suit that his, his mom or, you know, it's, it's, it's a homemade little thing. And people probably you'll see that and maybe I'll get demonetized because of it. Uh, but, you know, in today's world, they'll say that something like that is horrible. You know, the, the kids should get a professional like a stripper costume from the toy store, you know, because kids dress up as that. that that's 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 what society likes today. You dress up as a as a, as a stripper or something like that. You know, my, my dad admired that the, the Native Americans, he, they, people, kids admired that they played, you know, cowboys and Indians. And that was that was a it was a warrior. It was something to, to be proud of. Something he he was proud of them. He thought they were good, good people. And you know, in his uh old, you know, when he got older, he uh he contributed to them because because of the, that that what sparked his interest watching that stuff on TV that everyone says is so horrible and that that uh, TV was so bad then. I mean, there were morals back then on TV. Again, don't don't watch TV, people. <laughs> but but uh, again, it, it, there wasn't much to do in the fifties. There wasn't much on TV either then. So so it was it was it was a different world. And I just I, I wanted to point that out there, and uh, that's the, that's the picture you see for the uh, for the thumbnail. That's my father as a five year old dressed up as a Native American. Okay, pound that like button. So health tip of the day, and actually economic invincibility brought this up in one of his shows, and I think I brought this up before. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. This is my my tooth because it saves you so much money. It it it, it, it if you got healthy teeth, you don't have to go to the dentist. As much they some dentists are complete liars and will just you know uh, do horrible things that they don't need to do. Um, if you know you're properly taking care of your teeth and you don't have any pain, then you don't have a cavity. Okay, um, some there are bad. They are I don't, I don't know. I've heard horror stories about you know that them just they needed some money so they they give you a filling or whatever. But again, if you don't take care of your teeth, you will start getting pain in your teeth and you will really need to go to the dentist and you will have to pay a lot for. Um, the, the uh, whatever the, the horrible uh, when they're drilling in there and stuff. What are those uh, root canals? My father had some root canals. <laughs> I think my mom has too. My grandmother too, of course, has uh, some root root canals. Um, so what you want to do? What I do? I brush my teeth with baking soda. Okay, and my dentist has never said any for the last since 2014. I've brushed my teeth with baking soda. Dentist has never said anything to me like, oh, Adam, are you not using toothpaste? Never, never brought it up to me. Never, never, never been a question. Um, it says my gums are great. I doesn't no cavities or anything. Um, and I floss every day. I brush my teeth three, three times a day. Um, or yeah, so th this is, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Um, and you could do it twice in the morning when you wake up. What I do is I brush it real quick without even any baking soda. Just get the, the, this, this disgusting stuff off it. And then I rinse with water for a while. I used to do something called an oil pool. I don't do that anymore. That's how this ends up being three times a day because that first one really isn't a full one. Then, you know, after I, I've rinsed and done this and maybe worked out a little bit and I, I feel like the, the, everything's been loosened up, then I, 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 I sometimes I wait an hour. Uh, I'll, I'll brush my teeth for real for uh, two minutes. That's all. Two minutes with the baking soda. Then I go about my day, blah, 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 blah. I eat. My one meal, and then I wait an hour. I floss. I, I use a toothpick, not, a, not an actual toothpick, like one of those rubber, rubber toothpicky things. And I get ever all the food out of there. Scrape the tongue. I love to use this, the tongue scraper. And then I brush my teeth for two minutes with an electric toothbrush. Um, and I just had to get a new one for the first time, like in ten years or something. I ordered it for nineteen ninety nine. Only cost me nineteen ninety nine, like from eBay or whatever. Oral B is what I use, and I brush my teeth for two minutes with baking soda after the flossing has been done, and then um, 
and again, you wait an hour after you eat because uh, you, but you don't want to do it more than two hours afterwards. So you do it between an hour and two hours after you eat, or some say a half hour and two hours after you eat. Because if you wait for a longer period of time, it starts to, the food already starts to get into the teeth. It, it, it can start to do stuff to the enamel, minor stuff. So there is, there is your, your toothbrush that that's how I do my teeth. And it can, it can really help you because I mean, in the old days, tooth decay led to death. Um, it, I mean, it, it is a serious, it's in your head. You don't want to get an infection in your freaking head. It, it's, it, it's, it, and it, it saves you a lot of money if you don't have to go to the dentist. I do not go to the dentist twice a year. I go about every nine months, sometimes more than that. And I don't need to. And the reason I go to the dentist is a professional cleaning will get rid of, eventually you do get some little, little bits of, uh, plaque and, and, and they just chip it all off and, and, and you're great. You're good to go. So find yourself an honest dentist too. Um, all right. I think that's it. Uh, that's it. That's, that, that's how I'm going to end it today. Talking about teeth. All right. Any other questions now? I am Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video. Check out the link section below. Pound that like button. Bang that bell button. Tune back in on a Sunday. And remember, sportsmeister.com has all of my uh, podcasts. All these shows get turned into a podcast form. But Sunday, we'll be back. There's a new show here. A new show here every single day. See you guys in the chat. Bye.